Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. Good evening, the house. My name is Dina. I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight. I'm so nervous. I get so nervous. But I'm so excited to be here, and um, I have a word that God has put on my heart, and I believe is going to be a blessing and encouragement. But before we get started, can we just say a quick prayer? Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for who you are and for how you love us and for your grace. And so today, as we gather together in this community, I just ask that you would be with us, that you would speak to our hearts, that you'd speak to our minds, Lord, that you'd just bring comfort where it's needed, that you would uh, bring encouragement where it's needed, that you would remind us of your goodness and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the title of my message tonight is The Farmer and the Vine. What I didn't tell Madison when she asked me is that I kind of played with the idea of calling it lessons from a wannabe plant lady. (laughs) I think that would go over very well. So I am so excited to be sharing this with you. I'm so thankful to your pastors for the opportunity. When um, I was asked, I knew immediately, I, I knew the word that God was just kind of preparing in my heart. So I'm super excited. It's one of those things that, you know, you have something that you know is from God and you just can't wait to share it. So. I'm going to get started tonight with an illustration that I shared with my husband maybe 15 years ago before we were even married. And he's gotten to use this illustration in so many sermons. And every time he uses it, I get so jealous because I've never gotten to use it. And it's my turn today. So the story is told of a man who is walking through a forest and he's kind of having one of those blah days you know he's complaining he's kind of like god i just don't get why you do what you do and he's walking through the forest and you know what you do doesn't make sense and i just wish that i could understand and as he's walking through the forest he stumbles upon these pumpkins that are growing on these vines and so you've got these big pumpkins and they're hanging by these really thin vines if you've ever been to a pumpkin patch if you've seen them you can relate And a little bit further up in front of him was this huge tree. And on this huge tree, there were these tiny little acorns. And so the man says, see God, this is what I'm talking about. You've got this huge tree and it's got these little tiny acorns and you've got these tiny vines that have these huge pumpkins. I don't understand how you work. Of course, God doesn't respond, he doesn't hear anything and so, I'm thinking he was Hispanic, so he goes and he says, I'm gonna take a siesta and I'm gonna lay under this tree. When you have an answer for me, God, go ahead and wake me up. He sits back, leans his head back, and within seconds, an acorn falls and hits him on his forehead. Now imagine if God had put the pumpkins up in the tree and the acorns on the ground and the pumpkin had fallen and hit him on his head, he would have had a rude awakening. Sometimes we don't understand why God does things the way that he does them, but God always has a plan. So tonight I want to talk to you about the vine and the farmer. John 15 verses 1 through 10, I'm going to be reading from the message um, version, but I'm going to read this pretty quick. John 15 verses 1 through 10, the word of God says like this, I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. 
He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes and every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home. There's so much goodness in this passage, but I want to focus on three points tonight. I want to focus on three points straight from the farmer himself that I know will help us grow and be fruitful in our walk with Christ. Point number one, cut off what is not productive. The word of God says he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. When he's given us the, giving us this example, he says, hey, if something's not producing, what does a farmer do? He cuts it off. And I think so many of us in our lives want to leave that dead thing on there just to kind of see what's going to happen. And we need to stop defending what isn't working. I heard that from a pastor years ago and it just like stopped me in my tracks. Stop defending what isn't working. So many times we say, well, I've always done things this way. Well, my family's always done things this way. Well, this is just how we do it because I'm a Garcia or I'm a Martinez or insert your last name here. Stop defending what isn't working. If a branch isn't producing grapes, the farmer cuts it off because sooner or later, what that dead branch is attached to is gonna die. I lost a tooth last year. Long story short, the doctor says, can't save it, right? And he says, you can get a bridge, you can get an implant, or you can do nothing. But if you do nothing, sooner or later, the teeth around it are gonna die. Because your mind's gonna say, well, if we don't need that one, we don't need any of the other ones. A lot of us are wanting to sit there with this dead branch doing nothing, thinking, oh, nothing's gonna happen, but everything around it is going to die. So stop defending what isn't working. Matthew 5, 29 through 30. Now this is gonna be kind of harsh, just, but you, it's in the Bible. Matthew 5, 29 through 30 says, let's not pretend this is easier than it really is. If you want to live a morally pure life, here's what you have to do. You have to blind your right eye the moment you catch it in a lustful leer. You have to choose to live one-eyed or else be dumped on a moral trash pile. And you have to chop off your right hand the moment you notice it raised threateningly. Threateningly, Better a bloody stump than your entire being discarded for good in the dump. Now, I know this may be a bit intense, <laughs> okay? But figuratively speaking, we need to be intense. Like that's literally how intense we need to be in cutting things off. We need to remove those dead things that sooner or later are going to kill something else. Some of us 
are having a hard time cutting off those things. Some of us are having a hard time cutting off those people that are keeping us from being productive. It needs to be intense. If it's not productive, if it's not working, the farmer cuts it off. Number two, prune. Not like a prune, like the fruit prune, but like prune, I'm gonna give you the definition, okay? <laughs> the definition for prune, the dictionary defines it as to cut off or cut back parts of for better shape or more fruitful growth. Example, you prune the branches, okay? Again, I'm like a wannabe plant person, like everything in my house is fake. And I've got like three little plants that are kind of slowly making their way in, okay? But I'm getting there. So I hear it said that you need a prune. And it's cutting too. So you're like, okay, well cut off what's not working. That's dead. But even the stuff that produces grapes, the word says, and every branch that is great bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. It's still cutting, it's still trimming, but it's intentional. There are some things in our life that we kind of need to get in order. You know, have you ever like seen something that gets completely out of hand? Or if you get a real Christmas tree, you trim the tree, right? You like make it kind of look like shapely, like hedges are trimmed. It's it's cut intentionally rose bushes are trimmed for what so that they continue to produce so that they continue to grow it's still cutting but it's intentional it is for the good of the vine for more fruit to be produced now i love that he says this okay you are already pruned back by the message i have spoken the gospel prunes us Salvation by grace through faith prunes us. It shapes us. It molds us. The intent of it is to cut things back in our life so that we can be more productive. So the farmer himself prunes us and says, hey, I've given you what you need. I've done the trimming. You're ready to go bear fruit. But some of us are still kind of old school. Like I'd rather have my fake plant and that's never going to produce fruit. Okay, so there's also the, the definition of pruning that can be to remove the superfluous word, right? But to remove stuff that's not necessary. And I was thinking about that today and thinking some of us just need to get back to the basics. Get rid of the noise. Get rid of the fancy things. Get rid of the, you know overstimulating whatever and just go back to us and Jesus do you remember when you got saved how many of you guys remember when you got saved do you remember that feeling like that first like the moment you accept Christ and everything's exciting and everything's you know rose colored and it's it's something that you you kind of think like wow I wish I could do this all the time but that is what we need to get back to we need to get back to our First love, Revelation 2, 4, 5, 4 through 5 says, I have this one thing against you. So he's talking to this church. You have not, you do not love me as you did at first. Remember how you once loved me. Be sorry for your sin and love me again as you did at first. And that should be our prayer, I think, every day. God, help me to love you the way I did at the beginning. Help me to be in love with you, to be passionate about you, to share about you the way I did at the beginning. 
You know, in our relationships at the beginning, everything's like steamy, everything's nice, everything's like, ooh, you know, and then you've been married for like 12 years and babe, everything's still steamy and nice. Doesn't mind. Okay. But you have to work at it. Our relationship with God, the pruning is work. The pruning takes work. We've got all these plans The you know, you see the gardeners work, it takes work. For something to be fruitful, for something to be productive, it takes work. So it's the second thing that the farmer does, okay? He says, first I cut off what's not productive, second I prune. And then the third thing is we have to pay attention to the roots. And I'm being like really passionate, so I hope I'm not coming across as like scolding, please. Don't miss, don't confuse my passion for like, pay attention to the roots okay in the same way this is what the bible verse says we're still still in john 15 in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself but only by being joined to the vine you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me now where do we see roots in that follow me a branch attached to the vine if it's not in the ground it's pointless because there's no roots if you take the vine with the branch and you pull it out of the earth, is it gonna give you grapes? No, it's gonna die sooner or later. It's going to dry out. It has to have good roots. Where are we rooted? Where are we establishing roots? Where are we allowing our plants to feel comfortable? Our lives to feel comfortable? The vine, I was doing my devotional this morning and I, the same passage that was in my devotional is, is what I'm preaching on tonight. And it was one of those like, God, you're so good moments, like confirmation, this is what I'm supposed to share, right? Like the same verse. But she talked about how Jesus as the vine in this example is like Wi-Fi. It's no good until you connect to it. It's there, it's available, but if you don't have a password or if you don't connect to it, it does you no good. For many of us, we know that Jesus is divine and we can produce fruit if we connect, but we refuse to ask for the password. And the thing is, it's one of those free Wi-Fi places where Jesus doesn't even require a password. He's just there and he's available. So we can plug in, but we have to what? Do our part. We have to pay attention to the roots. Colossians 2 verse 7. I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I want I, I just want to kind of show you, like, look, this is what Jesus said. Colossians 2 7. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Jesus Christ, the master. Now live him. Doesn't say live in him. It says live him, live him out. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out, quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. It's time to start living as though we truly are rooted in Christ. 2020, like we all survived, right? And I think we're gonna be referencing back to 2020 for a while. Like, did any of us envision a pandemic? No. Did any of us envision that a year ago toilet paper was gonna be out? No. Did any of us envision that people were gonna be fighting in the grocery store for the last box of chicken nuggets? Like, no. Pushing old ladies for toilet paper. Like, it's crazy, but we made it. And we, if anything, if 2020 for me, if taught me anything was, 
I'm not scared of dying. I'm not scared of, of what's coming. I was kind of scared of how people were acting because people need Jesus. We've got all of these insecurities. We've got all of this fear. We've got all this anger and all of these things that the only answer to that is Jesus. And so we've got the answer. We can root ourselves and share, share with others. Behind me, I got two plants, a fake one and a real one. Behind me, this big plant right here, can you guys see it? I don't know if you guys can see it. Is Eleanor. Awesome, thank you. That's Eleanor, okay? This is, this is how I knew, this is what I knew I was gonna preach on. And this is why the crazy plant lady. I got Eleanor five months ago on October 17th. And that day started probably one of the biggest trials of my life. I didn't know that. I bought her at the hair salon. I thought she looked cool. And I had her in my car as I'm literally getting these devastating news. I came home with my plant and I brought her out. And I remember looking at it and saying, okay, I'm gonna give you a name. Manny named her Eleanor. I said, there's things around me that are dying and you cannot die on me. I'm gonna put all my energy into keeping you alive because I can't control what's going on, but I'm gonna keep you alive. I was talking to the plant. So I looked up how to care for a rubber tree. You know, I did my homework and you're supposed to like spray the branches and don't overwater. And in the winter, you can, you know, go a couple of weeks. I don't know. I mean, my Joanna Gaines plants, they don't need any work, right? They just look pretty all the time. So I'm doing my research because I'm invested and mind you, there's a lot of crap going on and, and I, I have to go to work and I have a little girl that, you know, needs me to smile and she asks, are you feeling overwhelmed? You know, like I'm trying to keep it together. And poor Eleanor is like, don't fail me now. <laughs> so she starts to grow and okay, we need a bigger pot. So my husband helps me transplant this pot, you know, this plant and, and she's growing. And then all of a sudden I see these little, like little bugs around her, like just little flying things, kind of look like little mosquitoes, I wasn't sure. Okay, and I tell my husband, he's like, she's fine. Like Again, I'm overreacting right now. No, I need to get like organic pesticide. So I take her outside and I spray her down and buy this organic pesticide and she seems to be doing okay. And I'm watering her and I'm reading up on these little bugs and they're called fungus snaps. Very common apparently to our indoor plants. Do, read up on it. So <laughs> I'm doing the research. I think she's fine. And one Monday morning, two, three weeks ago, I walk in to get ready for work and there is little bugs all up on the wall next to Eleanor. And the first thing in my mind is like, I don't have time for this because I got to get ready. I got to get my daughter ready. We got to go to work. We have school. But of course I'm cleaning. So I spend, you know, this like 40 minutes spraying, cleaning, everything that's everywhere. I call my husband and I'm like, I'm bawling. Oh, and Eleanor, you know, the plant and the bugs. And he's like, babe, it's fine. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to preach about her and she can't die. You can't be my illustration if she dies. And so he 
is really trying hard not to laugh. He says, I love how invested you are. And I said, no, it's because she's going to be my example to people that things can stay alive when other things are dying and she cannot die. And so these are my lessons from Eleanor, tied in through the vine. The attack on the root became a full invasion. It started off really small. There's gonna be things that you think are, are small and aren't a big deal, but they can kill you. They can come in to destroy you. The goal is to destroy you. I discovered that what I thought was good for her could actually kill her. Something as simple as giving my plant water caused there to be too much moisture in the soil, caused the fungus nuts to breed and could have killed her. Something that we may think is good for us that God wants to take away may actually be what kills us spiritually and he knows best. I discovered that the soil is so important that we need to ensure that where we are planted is not contaminated and that it takes work. I mean, we've invested in new soil. I've gotten mosquito bits. I've gotten this pesticide. But the soil is so important. And believe it or not, sometimes the soil you get is contaminated. So where we planted is so important. It's so our, our livelihood depends on it. Where are you planted today? And I've discovered that it takes teamwork. I, I didn't transplant it, my husband did. You know, my husband would take her out, spray her, I'd bring her back in. It takes teamwork. And so my plant taught me that I need somebody in my corner. We all need somebody in our corner. We need good roots. We need a good place to go home. We need somebody in our corner who's gonna lift us up, encourage us. We all need a safe place. Just like here, we have a safe place. Like here, it's, just, it's a good place to be rooted. The next time you're kind of feeling a little hesitant, I want you to think of the farmer and the vine, but I want you to think of Ellen. Cut back what's not productive, prune, and pay attention to the roots. I don't want to do things the same way you've always done them just because that's how you've always done it. Ask for help if you need it. Trust God with that thing that you just won't let go. And know that if we're with him and connected to the vine and in the roots, we will produce fruit because we've already been pruned back by his message, which is salvation, which is free, which is great, which requires nothing except for acceptance. And so right there where you're at, I just want you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. And I'm wrapping it up. If you've never given your life to Christ, I can't share this message and not ask about giving your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to make the best decision of your life. 
And if, if you've never, you know, heard of Christ, if you've never heard of this farmer story in the Bible, if you're like, hey, I need somebody to help take care of this plant because it's a mess, that's me. All you have to do is accept. And if maybe you, you do know Christ and you just need a little help because you've been trying to do things your way, I want to encourage you to just ask him for help today, to let go what isn't working and ask him for help. Lord, today we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you speak to us through plants and through vines and that you can be so relatable to our everyday life. Lord, that when we're going through difficult situations, you inspire us through everything that's around us. And so today for those that are struggling, Lord, I just ask that you would give them the strength to cut off what's not productive, that you would remind them that you are pruning them and you're already, they've got what it takes to be productive, that they would believe your word. Lord, that they would establish roots in a good place in fertile soil, that they would be rooted in you. And if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, you just repeat this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Write my name in the book of life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing, and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name.